Hello and welcome to episode two of Of Two Minds, a podcast by me and my good friend. Wally. All right, we are here for another uh, riveting episode talking about biology. Um, We're going to get into a a topic that we're both really, really interested in this week, but I think the first thing that we want to do is give a little bit of a life update. So, Wally, how was your week? Um, So far, so good. Nothing out of the ordinary, just classes, homework, online quizzes, had to learn all 20 of the amino acids. That wasn't much fun. You have to learn all 20. Yeah, we had to learn all 20. There are three three letter abbreviation, there are one letter abbreviation, and the structure of them. Oh my goodness. (laughs) For uh, cell biology. And then today we worked with this one website that's really cool. But for the life of me, I can't think of what the heck it's called. Really? It's essentially, um, you type in a genome, like you just type in the letters, you know, okay. all the nucleic acids. Okay. And then it, it'll bring it up and it'll bring up articles about that. It'll bring up what species it belongs to, what species it's most likely or close to. It'll bring up a lineage of how that species evolved and how that gene evolved throughout the evolutionary Free. That's in- is it like like it searches for codons or yeah you just type in the codons and then you can you can have this as amino what amino acids would be created it'll tell you about that you could take snippets from that and it'll tell you about those snippets of genes it'll tell you how long they are what they're used for what if I can if I can figure out what it's called that would be a good thing to talk about because there's a you can actually do it from home you can pull it up on your computer you can. If you pick out a snippet of the DNA, it'll tell you what protein that'll code for. And then you can even look at a 3D structure of that protein. That sounds awesome. It is. It's actually really cool. I just I don't remember what it's called. Yeah, you'll have to send that to me. We'll have to, like, that That sounds like an episode in and of itself. <laughs> yeah, well, as soon as I figure out what it's called, I'll let you know. We can talk about that sometime. All right. What? So what, why all amino acids? I've heard of that eventually in each class. I guess it's your turn. To finally have to yeah, know them all. Um, yeah, in cell biology, it's just because we're we learn main. Well, it's all about cells. Okay. Right now, we're just doing like DNA expression, DNA transcriptions, translation, and all of that. Okay. And so we're going into like how it, you know how it uh, next with the, the mRNA will transcribe it. It'll come out and be translated at the the ribosome using the tRNAs and then we learn about the amino acids and oh gosh <laughs> lots of in-depth stuff it sounds way more in-depth than high school biology whenever you learn all that stuff <laughs> <laughs> very much so that is that is very interesting though because i've heard that as like whenever i do all my research as to like what i should do with my life and into like the medical field and all that i've always heard that at some point everybody has to learn what all 20 amino acids are and you have to memorize them and their structures and all that yeah, and it's and it's a lot of chemistry with it, and I hate chemistry. So my gosh, it is. <laughs> At the moment, I don't have to know what they are. I did a decent bit with them on my last biology test that I had a couple of days ago, actually. But it was just kind of like knowing the structure of proteins themselves, not necessarily amino acids. So that was nice. <laughs> but yeah, it gets very in depth. But I'm waiting for the day that I have to know all of them, too. <laughs> well, it's coming up. Yeah, it sounds like it. Aside from that, what else has been going on with your, how are your how's endocrinology? 
Uh, and granola is not actually that bad. Um, we haven't really done much right now. We're talking about, I think, the, uh, we are, we we got into the hypothalamus and how it feeds into the uh, pituitary gland, and then how that releases different hormones and chemicals that travel throughout the body and all have different different things. Oh, man, we had a huge section about that in my last biology class. We had we had to learn. Oh my! So many abbreviations. Hormones are the abbreviations for them are insane. <laughs> One of the ones that's really interesting is like growth hormone. The fact that it, it literally just stops at a certain time in your life. That's actually um, the website I was just telling you about. How we had to type in the uh, the genetic code. Yeah, that's that's actually we were looking at a growth hormone gene. That's awesome. <laughs> and I actually found the website. Oh my! What, what's the site? Uh, NCBI. It's the National Center for Biotechnology Information. Okay. <laughs> and it's called a uh, blast. And essentially, you just you enter the accession number, and so if you have the sequence, you enter that, and then you can do different things with it. This is really this is awesome. <laughs> it's, it's really in depth. There's a lot you can do with it. Like if you would just look up a random DNA sequence. Holy heck. Was this more of just like an explanation for you guys or do you have to do something with it? Um, we had a worksheet. We had a work through. We had to input the information and we had to find different things like which amino acids are in this spot or at this, like this many base pairs, which what amino acids do these ones code for and all that. My gosh. <laughs> this is nutty. All right. So you've been busy. <laughs> yeah. What about you? What have, what have you been doing with your classes? My classes have been nothing but exams for the past week. Um, my first bio exam, that was, it was pretty, it was a lot, it was a lot about just, I mean, this is an intro bio class because I had to go back and retake it because of my schedule. Not retaking it, but it had to fit in before I can take other things. So it's basically, it was about just like the properties of water and the structure of protein, carbs, and basically macromolecules. So not the most advanced, interesting stuff, but necessary, I guess you could say. Yeah, stuff you have to know pretty much. Yeah, and I mean, it was a good review because I haven't learned a lot of that stuff since high school. So, you know, my my more function development physiology class and my ecology evolution class you don't really go into depth about this stuff so it was actually it was pretty interesting to go through it all though and i mean i never formally knew what the difference between all these things were i just knew that they were important in their own rights yeah everything has a purpose and everything i mean it's it does go extremely in depth once you start getting into the more specialized classes i guess you could say oh my gosh yeah <laughs> And the teachers would go off on like tangents because they just love. I like that. Doing <laughs> See, aside from that, um, calculus has been busy, but that, that we're going to keep that away from this podcast because math isn't fun. Um, no, nobody likes math. Nobody likes math. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> um, let's see, other classes haven't been too crazy. Physics has been that's been something that's sort of close to bio, and I'll tell you that's been kicking my butt. So. <laughs> Uh, the first physics? Well, it's kind of like, at my school, it's it's not really like a huge physics school. 
we have a couple physics classes, but most of the physics are just engineering classes. Oh, okay. So there's physics one and two, and one is basically just everything about motion, and that's about it. And then two is more like wave dynamics, fluid dynamics, things like that. Yeah, see, I never, I took, I took two physics courses just because I had to, but I was not a big fan of physics. What were your physics courses? Were they just like introductory or? Um, essentially, yeah. The <coughs> one I took it on uh, when I was at Penn Highlands. Oh, okay. And then the second one I took, I was down here actually at uh, Shippensburg. Oh, okay. Not 100% sure on how I passed because I did not do good in physics, but physics is difficult. I did it. It's it's extremely fascinating though, and it's really satisfying. I just personally, I don't care. Like if I throw a ball up in the air at this <laughs> angle and the wind speeds this much at this direction, I don't care where it's going to land. Yeah, it's not it's not of your concern. No, exactly. I'm never going to need to know that. My thing though is like I don't I don't inherently like math, but if if you give me a calculus equation and you say that you can figure out something real world from it, like that's kind of fascinating. Yeah, it is fascinating how they got all that. And then like me, I just want to go back in time and shoot Sir Isaac Newton for discovering calculus. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's a charged statement if I ever heard one. <laughs> My well, God. I mean, he, well, somebody the whole reason I believe. Um, somebody asked him, from what I understand, somebody asked Sir Isaac Newton why the planets go in a spherical orbit around the sun. Okay. He didn't know the answer, so he locked himself in his bedroom for like 27 years and discovered calculus, just so he could answer the question. My gosh. <laughs> yeah, man was too smart for his own good, and then he created that crap. Yeah, I mean, that's... That's amazing back then. I mean, I know that there's probably a not 100% truth to all the folklore that you hear. But just no, the, no, the but... fact of what everybody went through. Okay, if you hear of people that, you know, literally would go on excursions around the world to discover and they'd say that, you know, they didn't need a drink for, you know, days on end and, you know, they just did nothing but study. You know, even if half of that's true, like, they still had, like, a heck of a time. Oh, yeah. I mean, look at, um... Oh, dang! I'm drawing a blank. Um, Charles Darwin. I mean, okay. when he was on when he was on his five year excursion, like all around South America, mm -hmm. you know, he went around Africa down to the Galapagos. You know, every animal that he discovered, he actually ate. I heard about that. That's that's nutty. <laughs> and then even when he got back from that excursion, it took him a long time to come out with his book. Oh, yeah, I've heard that, I mean, that there was a lot of controversy around all that, too, because some of that wasn't, you know, supported with the church and everything at the time. No, he would have been excommunicated. One of the things that I really heard about him is apparently he a lot of the things he discovered, he tried to bring home. But most of them actually died on the way. Yes, that's why he took very detailed, like, drawings of them. Mm -hmm. and, and after he was done, like, dissecting a lot of them, he just, he ate them. Yeah, he would eat them. And I remember, I think he brought tortoises home. I think that was one of the things I heard. And they were like, yep, there's these big freaking turtles on a ship, you know? <laughs> From what, if I remember correctly, but I think a lot of the things, I think he, a lot of them died on the ship or they had to eat them on the ship. Yeah, I do believe so. so but yeah. they, did, they did have some issues on the ship, I mean. Oh, yeah, it was not a perfect 
sale. I mean, no, because the the point in the Beagle was it was actually surveying. They wanted to survey the coast of Africa, South America. And yeah, they were more Charles. looking at you know geography kind of stuff. Yeah, and he was a naturalist, so he just went along so he could, you know, draw photos of the animals he discovered, and that's when he came up with his theory of evolution. Well, natural selection, sorry. Yeah, it would almost be like somebody today going, you know, with, for instance, like Musk or someone that's sending a, you know, something into into space. It'd be like sending something up there to look for planets and sending someone to look for life and discovering life, like... It's Pretty much, because Charles Darwin was actually a member of the church, so he believed in creationism. He believed in all that. Yeah. Well, I mean, plus back then, a lot of it was so hard line. It was either, you know, we're 100% for the church or we're 100% against the church. It's not really nowadays where you can kind of do both and not be, you know, ridiculed. Yeah, back then, the church was pretty much in charge of everything. Yeah, I mean, I literally go to a, a Catholic university and we learned about evolution in the first bio class I ever took. Like, <laughs> it's like, you know, I have, I have professors that, you know, some of them are a little religious and then some of them are like, not at all. It's like, well, I'm here for the research and I'm here for the, you know, the whatever department they're in. Like, it doesn't really matter nowadays. No, plus, I mean, you really can't teach biology without learning about evolution because evolution yeah. is more than just a theory. Evolution happened. We have proof of that. Yeah, I mean, you can't really, I mean, especially with like bacteria and things that you can literally watch evolve. I mean, you can expose them to stimuli and watch them evolve over the course of days sometimes. Yep, and even Charles Darwin, I mean, he saw the finches evolve. Like, he saw that they would adapt to their particular epitope where they lived, mm -hmm. and that's why they had all the different beaks, because they, they had different specific diets. One thing that I feel like we should explain just for just to make sure everybody's on the same page is, and people I think often don't really realize what evolves. You know, populations in like a community evolve, not yeah. like a thing. <laughs> yeah, an individual doesn't evolve. It's the species that evolves. You know, I mean, an individual can have little genetic mutations that are passed down, but and that, like, that's what leads to evolution as a whole yeah but i don't I, I don't think people think that you know you just naturally evolve and you know a bacteria that one bacteria is resistant to antibiotics it's more like over time little changes in their genetic makeup make them change so it's like their offspring and their offspring's offspring and continuation down the line exactly that's like when um someone says survival of the fittest mm -hmm. what they what they pretty much mean is if you have better genes and better fitness that you're able to survive to reproduce mm -hmm. then your genes are going to be passed down to the offspring i mean it's it's like the simple okay so say you have you know like two dogs and one of them is you know has a very heavy fur coat and the other one doesn't and suddenly they end up in a climate that's been, like very cold obviously the one with the heavy fur coat is going to out you know outlive the other one Exactly. So that trait's going to be passed down, obviously, because the other one didn't make it. <laughs> yep. And evolution also does not create a perfect being. Oh, no. It's just most likely to survive. Yeah, and it's always working. I mean, humans are evolving now. It's You can't really see it as much, but... No, because it takes, like, it takes a process of sometimes millions of years for something to occur, and it's just random genetic mutations and most times random genetic mutations prove to be fatal yeah 
but once in a while they can be good. Plus, you can also look at it like, well, if you have a, a little bacteria, you know, that, that little bacteria can multiply and, you know, you could watch it multiply over minutes or days. It takes nine months to have a kid. <laughs> exactly. And, like, humans live an ex extremely long time compared to other organisms and, you know, some things outlive us. But on the food, I mean, if you look at, like, organisms as a whole, we kind of live longer than most. Most, yes. But actually, I was just reading an article the other day. Um, they did doing this study on Greenland sharks, okay. and they found one that they believe is almost 400 years old. A shark? Yeah, they think it's they think it might be the oldest living vertebrate on the planet. I thought that I thought I heard that the the whales were very old sometimes. But that's yeah, I do believe whales live pretty long too. Yeah, whales and like your tortoises. So yeah, that that would be interesting though if an animal is four and yeah, an animal was 400 years old. Well, they live in very cold water, so they think it slows their metabolism to the point where they can just pretty much live hundreds of years. Yeah, they don't age. <laughs> pretty much. Kind of like jellyfish. Jellyfish are biologically immortal. That's interesting. Yeah, something has to happen to them, right? Yeah, they pretty much have to be killed by an outside source. Otherwise, they will age and just live forever. That's interesting. And then also, while we're on the topic, topic of evolution, one thing we need to clear up is the common misconception that humans evolved from apes. Yeah, we don't. We're not monkeys. We didn't evolve from monkeys. Like, <laughs> I mean, technically, we belong to the primate family. Yeah. But us, and when we didn't, there wasn't like a chimpanzee all of a sudden evolved into us. No, we share a common ancestor with primates. What I've seen a lot in my classes is, is uh, phylogenies, which like phylogenetic trees kind of show over time, you know, where it where life branched off into the different things that are today. Obviously, you've seen a million of these, I imagine. But if you yeah, look on that, I, I actually took a class on anthropology. So yeah, you probably uh, you probably had to actually build those things. <laughs> yeah, we had to draw one for the uh, human evolution. Camp everything would be at. So we included things like Lucy, like the Australopithecines, mm -hmm. which were one of our ancestors way back when. But they were, if I'm not mistaken, I think the Australopithecines were the first true bipeds. I, I think you're right from what I remember. And, and even them, they, they look more similar to monkeys you see today. Mm -hmm. But they weren't. They were... Oh, yeah. So like that kind of just shows that, you know, us and them would have, you know, that was like a common ancestor, for example. Exactly. And, you know, like a, a human and an ape, if you trace it back, had a fairly recent common ancestor. Fairly recent in uh, geological terms. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> whenever you really think about it, though, everything has a common ancestor. So technically a human and a plant has a common ancestor. Exactly. If Everything back far enough. <laughs> one organism started it all, and it just over the course of like 4.2 billion years, mm. it evolved into all the life that exists today. Yeah, from my my most recent like update. I mean, these trees change all the time too. That's one of the things that I've seen. You can you can see it change constantly <laughs> because they're always discovering more things about this. 
Oh yeah, they're always moving stuff from one class to another and trying to figure out where everything fits in. Yeah. So in the in the beginning though, it seemed like it was a common ancestor that split into, you know, your bacteria and your archaea. Which are all the prokaryotic organisms. <laughs> Pretty much everything they couldn't fit somewhere else. Yeah. And then down the line it you know, it divided into eukarya and, you know, with the evolution of cyanobacteria and oxygen in the atmosphere, then that's whatever multicellular organisms and eventually humans could arise. And then you also had like the cyanobacteria once, correct? I'm sorry, they were what? Uh, were cyanobacteria, were they the ones that were uh, photosynthetic? Yeah, they were like the first photosynthetic organisms. They were they before, obviously before plants. So pretty much what a photosynthetic organism is, for anyone who doesn't know, is essentially it'll take in sunlight and carbon dioxide, and then it'll create itself its energy, but then as a byproduct, it releases oxygen. And that's how a lot of the oxygen ended up getting into the atmosphere. Yeah, so you can kind of break it apart. Like, photo is dealing with light, with the sun, with, you know, I mean, photography nowadays. What does it use? It uses light. And synthetic is to create, so it uses light to create. Exactly. Which is a plant today. I mean, we don't really, aren't really exposed to a lot of photosynthetic bacteria today, but we're more seen with, you know, with plants, for instance. Yeah, like plants, they, they'll take in the light, take in the CO2, and then as a byproduct, they release the oxygen. And, and then we take in the oxygen and release CO2. It's, it's a very good relationship. It is when you think about it. It's, it works really well. I mean, it's like the ultimate friends with benefits if we ever knew of one. <laughs> when you think about it. Yeah, because plants are also very, for the most part, very resilient. I mean, they don't do much, but they've been around long before any actual animal has been around. Yeah, I mean, you got to think about it too. Like, you know, plants don't, they, it's hard to think. I actually watched a video in my one class that plants, you know, using chemicals and other signals, they can actually communicate with each other pretty well. But aside from that, their entire, you know, life is just getting sun that they need to make energy. So it would be like if, if we, the only thing we really did was protect ourselves in the winter and make food. Actually, yeah. Like, like they don't, they don't worry about much else. They don't, I mean, some plants, for instance, you know, whenever you're walking in the woods and a little fuzzy thing gets stuck to your shoe, lots well, of plant trying to reproduce. <laughs> exactly. That's those, like even... When you think about it, like when you eat a fruit, like an apple or whatever, mm -hmm. there's seeds inside of there. Mm -hmm. That that fruit is essentially the embryo of the plant. It's the ovaries. It's, it, it's the ovaries, yeah. Or it's the um, I don't think I don't want to. What is the right word? My my professor always used to tell it, like the um, like the sexual parts, you know, for lack of a better term. Yeah, the the fleshy part is pretty much the ovary and has a bunch of nutrients, and then inside the seeds are where you find like the sperm and whatnot and then mm. it'll uh, fertilize and then once that embryo forms it'll eat the flesh of the fruit one of the most fascinating things that i learned about plants is i whenever you you know start into college and everything you learn about plants first for some reason i don't know why <laughs> it just happens and it's really boring but one thing i did in a class is they seeds will respond to gravity so if you take a, a seed 
and you you know put it in whatever different position and you have a couple different seeds and you put them against a wall or whatever and expose them to light you know and let them grow put the water in there part of them will grow up and part of them will grow down like the stem will grow up the roots will go down no matter what position the seeds in yeah i mean you don't really think about it but you gotta remember these plants have also been evolving for millions of years yeah like they've they've been there and exactly. I mean, just the fact that trees can grow so high, they defy gravity. Yeah, they have a thing like gravitropism. They respond to gravity. Phototropism. They respond to, um, you know, the sunlight. There's actually they have some of them have sigmatropism, which is a respond to touch. Some of them like a, I forget what they're called, but there's a plant that if you touch it, it will it will curl its leaves up. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Like it's not like because plants don't think in the way we do. No, they, they don't. don't have higher level thinking skills they don't have brains no but they can still do so much yeah they're, they're it's really fascinating i've never been one pure botany or anything like that i mean i would always be open to learning but it's really fascinating that there's you know people have phds in plant study <laughs> exactly like i i mean like Shippensburg offers a botany course but i'm not taking it because i don't like plants yeah i but it's still interesting to learn about them yeah, St. Francis does too. I believe I know Penn State has a million of them. I just I I know I would take it as an elective, but I wouldn't take it as much else. No, I'm trying to avoid botany if I can, just because I took when I took um, the general biology two course, there was a lot of botany involved in that mm -hmm. about learning the scientific name of all these plants. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. <laughs> I like learning about the cells. I like learning about the fruits. I like learning about how these things do the things they do, mm -hmm. but I could care less what the scientific name of a maple tree is. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a good way to learn at the beginning, though. It is, it is. And I had to do a, a full research paper, as in, like, on my own, a full research paper from plant experiments that I did when I was at Penn State, and it was it was quite in-depth. And, I mean, it was writing all the names down, and it was writing down the results, the conclusions, and all that. And it, it, it's good to do, but it's also something that's like, all right, I'm ready to work with actual people now. <laughs> yeah, like give me like actual people. Give me give me bacteria. I like working with bacteria. Yeah, me like too. In it's microbiology. It's really fun. It really is. Like right now in uh, cell biology, we're culturing uh, glioma cells with your tumor. That's that's fascinating. <laughs> it it is. It's really interesting. It would. We haven't done much with it so far, just learned how to culture it. That way every week we can go in there and reculture it. That way it has fresh media and everything like that. Mm -hmm. you got to think that when you're doing that, that was alive in somebody basically trying to kill them at one point. Yeah, it's a 35-year-old strain. I mean, whoever had it died from it. But yeah. then they must have either donated their body to science or something, and then they took the tumor and they... Now we're learning about yeah. it. Gliomas are what people always hear of as if you have a glioma, that's like the worst type of brain cancer that you could possibly get. It's not good. Yeah. Not pretty. <laughs> no. That's that's like whenever you hear about that, that's like, you know, very, not a very good outlook. I mean, some people obviously survive from any kind of cancer, it seems, but that's a bad one. <laughs> yeah, like... 
cancer itself, I mean, we could have an entire couple episodes on cancer. I mean, oh there's gosh, so yeah. much to cancer. One of the things that I found that's most interesting about like cancer is whenever you get a tumor, especially in brain tumors and stuff, it's not so much the tumor itself that causes the damage, but the, the space that it takes up. So if you have a, a brain tumor and it gets to be the size of you know, a, a grain of rice and then it's a pea size and then it's a dime sized, it's pushing on that part of the brain, creating an imbalance in pressure and it's you know taking resources and it's, it's just pushing on it. And that's part of the reason that it's always such a, an issue. And another thing about like tumors, they actually will grow their own blood vessels. Yeah, they'll vascularize. Yeah, and then and then they start stealing blood from things. And the science behind it, like how it occurs, is really quite interesting. I mean, it is. And like the fact that they will, you know, metastasize throughout the body. They'll just hitch a ride and just attach somewhere else. And it's pretty much for the most part. Well, tumorous cancers, because cancer is uh, hundreds of different diseases. Oh, yeah. But tumorous cancers, that's your own cells mm -hmm. continuously dividing. And so it's your own body pretty much killing you. Yeah. I mean, that's why people are always so afraid of radiation and things, because that can alter cells and cause them to become cancerous. And they just keep dividing and keep dividing. They don't have that. Um, I believe they don't have telomerase anymore. Is that's, that's why they don't ever stop. Well, actually, it's an issue with having telomerase. Okay. Do explain. I'm a, I'm a little wishy-washy on this subject. So uh, normal cells, you know, at the end of it, you have your poly A tail, okay. and then you just have repeating sequences. That way, and that's, that's what your telomere is at the end of your chromosome. Okay. So every time your cell, that, uh, the telomere continuously just shortens. Okay. And eventually it gets to the point where it gets too short and it, the cell dies. And that's the normal life cycle for a cell. I think it's usually like 80 divisions or something. I could be wrong. I, I, but believe, I think 60, I believe. 60? Okay. Yeah. So that was a ballpark. Yeah, that's what I remember. I'll look it up, though. <laughs> I don't remember exactly how many. But then in, in a cancer cell, whenever it, whenever it divides, uh, the telomerase, which is an enzyme, actually comes over and rebuilds that end of it rebuilds the telomere okay and then that's just what causes those cells to never die so basically they just they don't ever get the message that they should die <laughs> exactly pretty much they never reach the end of their life cycle because the telomerase is in overabundance and just keeps on rebuilding that telomere at the end from a quora article and google knowledge graph i found that it's between 50 to 70 times so we were right in that ballpark Okay. So the I average cell will divide number. that before death. So they they go through what uh, apoptosis? I, I believe so. Um, I imagine it it varies depending on each cell type. Oh, there we go. I, I, this is coming back to me now. This is very bio one stuff, but it's called the Hayflick limit. Do you remember that? Sounds familiar, but I'm actually not sure. Yeah, Leonard Hayflick. He was the one that um, cultured and discovered this, I believe. Yeah, that's yeah. The telomeres become shorter. So yeah, the Hayflick limit is the limit of how many times a cell can divide before it dies. And that's just like kind of like a built-in uh, mechanism that that way your body isn't just all tumors. Yeah, and these cells need to eventually reach. 
Yeah, and cells cells got to die because they can't, you know, they age, and then and then you have more issues. And that's why people, as you get older, your cells divide more slowly, and that's how you develop wrinkles, and that's yeah. how that's how your body does its normal aging process. Yeah, humans are not immortal. Our cells are not immortal, and if it were, we would, you know, we wouldn't be. People think that oh, it'd be cool to live forever. If you live forever, it, you just slow, you just deteriorate. Pretty much, because I mean, even just the the molecules in your body, the chemicals in your body, they they're going to eventually start to. Um, what's the word I'm looking for here? They uh, they they just don't do the job Degrade. as good as they used to. Yeah, they're going to start degrading, and then yeah. and that's why you get so many issues as you start to age. Yeah, and like think about it, you know, if you had the same. I mean, some cells live longer than others. One thing that people always realize is um, neurons don't really divide very much after you're, you know, born. You know, once your ner your nervous system is complete, they it takes a long time for those cells to like repair themselves and regenerate. And I believe it's the same with your uh, your cardiac cells. Yeah, they don't really like. That's why whenever you have like, you know, people don't take care of themselves or they, you know, hurt such you know brain cells the old joke and stuff it's kind of true because they don't grow back no they don't like they, if you if you cut yourself it's not like yeah yeah your your skin cells the epidural cells they they keep on dividing and then you actually something called squamating is like if you rub your arm or mm. anything mm. you're actually brushing off dead skin cells and that's that's called squamating that's interesting and then I they just, that term. and then new ones just keep coming in and taking their place yeah but with like a neuron, for instance, if you if something destroys a neuron, it it takes sometimes years for you know new neurons to be created. Exactly. That's why if you get like somewhere, mm -hmm. like in your legs or in your arms or something, that's why it takes sometimes years or sometimes it won't heal because those neurons that are forming the nervous system, mm -hmm. they like you said they they don't heal that much. Yeah, and I mean, it, people say that it doesn't. I've done a lot of research on this recently, and they say that yes, you know, neurons will divide. You know, they will. You know, if you have nerve damage and from a wreck or something, and or whatever happened to you, and you know, um, fifty years down the line, some of it will repair itself. It's not they're dead forever, but it's all but like it's going to be a really really long time. <laughs> exactly. So it's better off just being smart. Yeah, and not. Coming into those issues now, a car wreck—that's not your fault. But yeah, there's there's accidents, incidents, things like that. And I mean, you know, like your cardiac cells and things like that. Sometimes, a lot of it's diet, though. I mean, you can, you know, if you are healthy and you exercise and all that, your heart will stay healthy and your cardiac cells will stay healthy. So you don't have to worry about that ever. Exactly. Also, don't do drugs. Yeah, don't do drugs. That's not smart. <laughs> like if you're sitting there and huffing gasoline, that's literally going to kill your brain cells. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's not, it's not smart, and it'll it does a lot more damage than that too. Especially whenever you do anything with gas, hurts your lungs so much. Oh, oh yeah. Like and, don't get me wrong. Like if I'm, if I'm pumping gas, I, I like the smell of gasoline. It it has that weird smell. Oh yeah. But I'm not going to sit there and huff it. <laughs> yeah, I mean sharpies, like sharpies. Oh my gosh, magic markers smell so nice. Well, don't do that. <laughs> it's okay to smell from a distance like you're pumping your gas and you get a whiff of it you're like okay it's but don't of... sit there and purposely just like put your face down into a gas can and start huffing 
yeah, it's kind of like people say that phobias became came from like past fears. Like if people were afraid of the dark, that's kind of like a, if you look back in time as, you know, whenever it get dark, it got dark out. We didn't have light. You know, our early ancestors and things would be a lot a lot more susceptible to, to danger. It's kind of like that. Like if it smells bad, it's kind of yourself telling you that it's toxic. Like don't eat it. <laughs> Pretty much. like. <laughs> I mean, it's like why do foods taste sweet? It's because they have a lot of sugar in them. They taste good because the body knows that and wants those. <laughs> exactly. It'll take those, the fructose, your lactose, lactose, yeah. all those sugars, and it'll take them and it converts that into energy. Yeah, but if you, you know, try to eat poison, why does it taste so bitter? Because we know it tastes bad. It, we shouldn't be eating it. <laughs> now, exactly. Like, now, granted, that doesn't mean you should overdose on chocolate, you know? <laughs> no, like anything in moderation is not bad. Like even chocolate in moderation can be good for your body. Oh my gosh, yeah. Especially dark even, chocolates and, I mean, red wines. People always say that you should have one, like a, a glass of wine a day would improve your heart health and all that. Yeah, because it does. I mean, and it's it's just when you start binging, that's when you start having issues. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, you know, the body likes to tell you when things are good and when things are bad, but you can you have to watch that it doesn't get too much of the good. And sometimes the bad can be decent too. I mean, medicine and things they they don't taste good. That's not really your body saying you shouldn't be putting it in you. It's just your body saying it tastes bad. <laughs> it's your taste <laughs> buds not liking it. <laughs> And you know, your taste buds actually replace themselves every so often, too. I have heard that, because people always say that, you know, they damage them or whatever, and... Taste buds are a really fascinating subject in and of themselves. Yeah, they are. That and, like, your olfactory cells. Oh my gosh, I love the sense, the sensory system. Like, people believe there's only five senses. I believe there's nine senses. Yeah, there's more than five. I mean, you have your... It's like your taste, smell, touch, hearing, mm -hmm. seeing. But then you have you have a sense of balance. You have mm -hmm. position, like of where your limbs position. are. Yep, yep. There's it's amazing. Like when you really think about just how much the human body does and mm -hmm. what it does. It's amazing. <laughs> it is. It's quite spectacular. I mean yeah, like it's 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 just I don't know. There's so much more to life than people think of on a normal basis. I agree. I mean, it's the fact that you're here is marvelous in itself. Yeah. Well, this is I interesting. Mean, you gotta, What's that? I so said you got to think like the chances of you being here. I think I read somewhere that it's like rolling a trillion-sided dice. Yeah, getting your number is that that's your chance of actually being born. Yeah, like it's 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 a literally a trillion to one. Literally is. Yeah. I like how this episode we were going to talk about CRISPR, but I was we just, kind of just. I was just going to say, why don't we just introduce that, and we could that could be our our main subject next week. Yeah, because this one we kind of went on a tangent on evolution, but it was it was interesting. I mean, it's, it's very informal, but it was very good. <laughs> Yeah, it was, and I I enjoyed it. Okay, so first of all, we probably should start off by saying, you know, what is what does CRISPR stand for? Because I don't honestly remember. But let's let's give that a let's do that a start. Just so people aren't like, you know, what is CRISPR? What is this? Okay, so CRISPR. Uh, I can tell you it's gene editing technology, but I don't remember what the actual uh, what the acronym means. 
the acronym. I was trying to find that word. Okay, so the the abbreviation it, it stands for clustered regularly interspaced short palindromic repeats. So you don't really have to worry about what that means yet because I'm, we know a decent about CRISPR, but obviously, what does that mean? You know. Like and that's, that's actually something when we get into CRISPR, maybe next week when we talk, mm -hmm. maybe we can explain where they derive the meaning from. But for this week as an introductory, so I'll just ask you, it's basically cut and paste of genetic material, if I'm right. Yes, from uh, bacteria and archaea. They kind of just take the sequences and then they, they learn a lot by using it. And I was actually, I pulled up an article I want to talk about, but I'll save it for next time. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what I did with it. I think it's this one. But um, they're actually believing that they are moving one step closer to RNA editing, which they believe could be the next stage for CRISPR. That would be amazing. Yeah, being able to edit the RNA. Yeah. There is so much you could do with that. Oh my gosh, yeah. So basically what CRISPR does, though, is it will take a sequence, you know, a part of somebody's you know, genetic code, well, not somebody, I should say, more of an organism, like a bacteria, like you said, or an archaea, and cut it out and either get rid of it or move it down the line or put it in a new organism. And then that will then code for whatever, you know, that pro that sequence coded for in protein-wise, and it can be used for health benefits. So essentially, if, you're, if you have a damaged or missing gene mm -hmm. within your, your genome, they can essentially replace that with a healthy working gene. So that way your body can produce that. Like people who have diabetes, mm -hmm. they can start getting your pancreas to produce insulin on its own. Yeah, there's a million, literally millions of possibilities for this whenever it comes to the health world. Oh, yeah. And that's definitely something we'll have to get into next. Yeah, we'll, we'll, to... So we'll talk about like where the name is derived from and what exactly all those fancy words mean that might be a multiple part episode even <laughs> that's true it is there's a lot to it it's it's amazing technology yeah maybe this could be our first scripted episode of where we're really going to teach some people some things <laughs> uh, i'm sure they're learning stuff i mean oh my god we went into so. a lot about evolution and cells and it, it kind of just felt like we were back at mcdonald's I was like just our gonna conversation say that. just went one to the next <laughs> <laughs> i was just gonna say that this is exactly what we used to do Except now people can't tell us to shut up. So and also I'm on the I'm on my couch right now relaxing and it, at work it was like we'd be getting crazy busy and we'd still be talking and everyone would be looking at us like why are you awful people and it's like well we're just multitasking. <laughs> exactly. That's I'm sitting on my couch too, but at work I mean we'd be sitting there just making sandwiches, putting meat on the grill, and we'd still manage to have this conversation. But it it helped the night go by. Yeah, you'd have like people up front that would be talking about what needs to be done in lobby cleaning wise and you'd have people in the back talking about dishes and talking to customers and then in the middle of the store would be us just talking about this random stuff <laughs> and it was a, every day every day we'd find something to talk about and just like this podcast right here it just it would go off on a tangent and that's basically what's going to be i mean it's a lot of tangents but but it's interesting I, stuff I, though i mean it's i'm just happy we got through this full episode here without cutting out yeah, that was really nice. I think this is probably going to be our preferred method. As long as it'll let you save it and upload it to Anchor, that way they can put it out there. Yeah, now if this entire episode's gone as soon as we hang up, I'm going to be really sad. <laughs> <laughs>
but I think this software is working. It's insane recording the entire time, and I think what it was, the issue at first was it, it couldn't hear my head my headphones. So whenever it's on the speaker, it can listen to the full thing. I I don't know how it all works, but we're hoping this works out good. I hope so because we did talk about a lot today, and I don't think we could do this again word for word. Oh no. I feel like we should always end on some sort of little topic or something. So outside of the, the biology, what's on your mind, Walter? What's on my mind? Yeah, what is what is what is the worst what is your biggest worry in life right now, aside from like biology? Aside from school? Aside from school and biology. Like what what else is on your mind? Uh, I would honestly say the wedding. The wedding? Yeah, because I feel like that's gonna be a pain in the butt. Like trying to find a venue, trying to do this. Like I don't know what the heck I'm doing. <laughs> I mean, for for anybody listening, Wally and I are actually not getting married. Oh no! <laughs> it, it was a possibility, but in, in other ideas. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, Wally has a lovely lady in his life, and recently proposed. Yes. At Central Park. In Central Park, yes. <laughs> So when are you guys shooting? Are you shooting for like a couple of years or? Uh, next September, actually. That will be really nice. Nice and fall and leafy and everything. Yeah, just get it out of the way. You know, I don't want to be, no offense to those couples, but I don't want to be one of those couples who was engaged for 10 years and then they're like, well, finally just going to get married. Yeah, it's like, it's not so special then. No, it's not. I just want to. Because leading up to that point, that's a lot of stress. I mean, you're trying to come up with the money for this, the money for that, and my gosh. So yeah. if I can compact that stress into just one year instead of spanning it over multiple years. Well, that gives you enough time to plan it, too. I mean, you don't want it to be a train wreck. That's true. I mean, I've, I've seen weddings. I used to actually do, like, videography and photography for weddings with, with some family members and things. And it's sometimes people just throw it all together, and it's like, well, there's not enough food for people. Like, you're, you know, your family members are sitting you know, in the middle of nowhere and they don't know anybody. And it's like, this isn't, this isn't a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a lot that you have to plan for. So what's, what's the biggest word in your mind aside from school? On my mind? Yes. Oh, geez. It's the school has been mostly it. Yeah. I, I feel you there. Aside from school, I'd say that, uh, just trying to figure out what I'm going to be doing in the near future and just getting all my like, schedule and everything in in order sort of i mean it's not too too far away from school but like i'm trying to figure out what kind of like internships i could possibly do and just thinking about what my actual final degree is going to be yeah that's how i kind of feel too like i just i know i'm getting a biology degree but then Mm. it's just like what am i i know what i want to do with it but like my biggest fear is failure like i'm not going to be good enough like i feel like there's so much knowledge there compacting into me yeah that i'm not gonna remember half of it so my biggest fear is i'm gonna go start this job and they're gonna expect i know all this yeah and then i'm gonna sit there like well i don't know (laughs) i kind of get you there because it's like they don't you can't possibly remember everything that you don't do every day exactly unless you're sitting there and doing it every day Mm -hmm. you're gonna lose it I mean, you hear about professors and things, and they, you know, spit so much information at you, and it's it's really because they teach the same thing, sometimes two times a day, two times a year, every year. Exactly. So for me, like, I'm pretty much just, I'm just going where the road takes me. Yeah. Like, you kind of just got to go with the flow, and 
hope that you remember most of what you need. Yeah, that's a big part of remembering it. Yeah, I mean, I worry just, about that too. <laughs> well, good. At least I'm not the only one. <laughs> oh, no, I, I do that sometimes now. I mean, I'll have a test and it's just like humans are so accustomed to, you know, in early ages, memorize for the test and after the test, you don't have to know it anymore. Exactly. Like throughout high school, like yeah. I can't regurgitate half the stuff I learned in high school, but I could tell you some stupid random facts that that don't even matter. But the stuff that matters, it's like I don't remember. It's a lot about caring too. If you care about a subject, you could read an entire article about it and remember eighty percent of what you read. But if that's you don't, true. But if you don't care, you're going to remember twenty percent. You're right. I mean, like those amino acids, I had to learn them all. But I'd give me a couple of days. I'm not going to remember them because yeah i pretty much jam packed them in my brain just so i could know it but then after that it's it's gone yeah one thing that helps is like little acronyms and tips and things if you can make like little phrases and stuff sometimes the phrases will stick with you forever oh yeah just like uh my very eager brother just served us nine pizzas because pluto's still a planet in my mind oh gee pluto is still a planet <laughs> i always remember i'm not letting ones. that one go i always get yeah <laughs> I always remember the, the like the unit conversion ones and the little songs from middle school and stuff. And it's like these still get me through classes in college because I remember them. Exactly, they're, they're very helpful. Yeah, like I, twinkle twinkle little star circumference equals two pi r. Like, no, what, I never knew that one. That's a good one. Like why why do I know that? But you know what? I used it today on my physics exam in college. Well, there you go. And you know, you'll know that actually comes in handy in real life too because I've recently discovered that I, – I didn't discover this on my own. Someone else discovered this and then I saw it on Facebook. But if you buy two 12-inch pizzas, mm -hmm. you actually get less pizza than if you buy one 18-inch pizza. I had a math problem about that one year I think. And you can do that. You could take the circumference of 2 pi r – yeah. You can do the math, and you'll determine you get more pizza out of one 18-inch pizza than two 12-inch pizzas. Yeah, I guess it depends on your friends and family and life, but some people would actually figure that out. Yeah, like who sits down and just figures that out? That's what I want to know. But... And then you could really take that and get a net price of it all per you know square inch or whatever, and you could really figure out how much it costs too. Yeah, you can figure out the best deal. Yeah. Like go to the pizza store and you know that's there you go. Yeah, it's like we're saving you money. Yeah, like how much is how much you pay in per slice here and how big are the slices? If it's an eighteen inch pizza, they're far bigger than a twelve inch pizza. Exactly. And you gotta calculate how much you're paying per square inch. Like you could just take the total price, divide mm -hmm. that by the total square inches, and there you go. There's your unit price. Yeah. And like some people would actually figure that out, the cheapskates of the world. <laughs> I mean, I would do that. Just something. Different. Yeah, yeah. You, you got to save money. Yeah, you got to save money, and you got to get the most pizza. That, you know, the most pizza for your dollar. Exactly. Pizza's important. Yeah, pizza's extremely important. You don't have much else in life without pizza. No, not at all. We'll have to have an episode just about food biology at some point. That would actually be really interesting. It would be, and like, I, it's really fascinating to see how things change when they're cooked and when they're frozen and all that. So we'll we'll have to do an episode on that. We'll have to put that down because next week we're definitely going to do CRISPR mm -hmm. and we'll go into some detail about that. And I think at the end of these episodes, like we just did today, we should actually give like um, an example of what we're going over the following week. Yeah, like that sounds decent. Like what, like what to tune into, like what to look forward to. 
Yeah, next week, if you don't know much about CRISPR, we, we're going to talk about it. We're going to explain it, say some of the things that... I like that. Some of the things it's been used for. I think we can also branch off, too. Like, we kind of... CRISPR was kind of the plan today, but it kind of got to that. So, like, if there's something that we come across in an episode that we think would make a good episode on its own, we can kind of make a list and just kind of go into yeah, the like, schedule. Exactly. Like, today, we did... Yeah, we did plan on just talking about CRISPR, but I don't even know how we got on the subject of evolution and all that. Yeah, we're probably going to have to put a, a limit on how much we talk about life at some point. <laughs> how much we talk about life? Yeah, like our little intros and things, because that can really spawn some offshoot conversations. Oh, it can, it can, just, <laughs> just like it did right here. Yeah, I think that all started whenever I asked what you're doing in cell biology. <laughs> probably. And but just... day, it was an interesting conversation. Oh, it was. This is this this is the best part of my Thursday. Exactly. Like, like, like no one else will listen to this as much as as you do. So it's like you know what, it's it's good. Exactly. And if there's other people out there who eventually listen to this podcast, if it's something they're interested in, then then good. Like I mean, yeah, we can't it. be the only nerds in the world. No. Yeah. Share it with people, and you know, if you got something interesting to say, send it to us or. We'll yeah, so there's um an account, there's an email account. If you have anything you want to hear us talk about or anything like that, just let us know. I mean, yeah, I believe let's get this right. I believe it's of two minds podcast at gmail dot com. Sorry, of two minds cast at gmail dot com. Yeah, of two minds cast. And if you go to the uh, if you go to anchor on the on the page, it'll display the email on there. Mm -hmm. It should be on the other services too. I, I I got a bunch of emails saying that they were distributed to the other. Um, various, you know, Spotify and iTunes and things like that. So it should all be listed oh. on there too, whichever, wherever anybody likes to listen to podcasts. Good, good. Yeah, I've been telling people about the podcast, people who are interested in biology. So yeah, get yeah. us some exposure. Yeah, and share it and we'll see where this goes. Yeah, exactly. Someday we'll have Neil deGrasse Tyson on here and we'll be like, we've made it. Oh, uh, we could get Neil deGrasse Tyson on our, our podcast. That'd be amazing. <laughs> I might have to look into that eventually because I would love to just actually talk to Neil deGrasse Tyson. That'd be that'd be awesome. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't even know what I would do. I'd We'd that'd be to... like my life accomplished. I'm good. I'm done. Like <laughs> you've peaked. <laughs> Can't get much better than that. It would be all downhill from there for real. <laughs> <laughs> it really would. <laughs> Alrighty, well, I guess we should probably end it there before we end up on other tangents for the night. Yes, definitely. Alrighty, Wally, well, it's been fun. Yes, it has. It was really fun. Um, we'll do it. We'll see you again next week, and we'll talk more about this. Yeah, we'll see you again. We'll get a lot of research done for CRISPR, and we'll have a nice riveting episode for everybody. Absolutely. Alrighty, Wally, well, you have a fantastic <laughs> week at school. Oh, you do the same, sir. Oh, I will try. <laughs> All right. All right, I'll talk to you next week. Yep, talk to you next week. All right. All right, bye. Bye-bye.